Genesis 12, 1 to 9. The call of Abram. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram travelled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills of east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abraham set out and continued towards Negev. Thank you, Anne. I wonder, does anyone ever, when you're bored or when you've got nothing much to do or sitting on the toilet, whatever it might be, does anyone ever make patterns out of things? Does anyone do that? Okay, it's just me. Good, awesome. I was um, I, I hoping no one makes patterns out of the roof. the roof. Our roof is quite a nice one to make patterns out of because a lot of crosses and a lot of... So I was hoping no one makes patterns out of the roof while I'm preaching, sort of looking up like that. I am... Um, in, in our bedroom at home, we've got a... Our bedroom wall, uh, roof is wood panels. And you know in wood panels, uh, you, you get those knots in the wood. And, and some of our knots make patterns, um, really cool patterns. Uh, there's one that looks like a, a duck's eye, so I can see a duck in the panel. Um, there's other ones that, that just have some really nice swirls and stuff like that, um, and I make patterns. Does, please tell me someone else does this. Uh, oh, good. Oh, phew. I'm starting to feel a little weird there. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, man. <laughs> so so I, I'm, I do, I make patterns out of things, and, um, and, and that's, you might be walking along the, the footpath, and, and you might see something on the, on the footpath, and you see a pattern, and, and sort of follow it. I know Kyra loves walking along the lines, and, and find the patterns on the lines, and I think that we do that. Um, if you have a chance, look, look around, around you in, in your everyday space to find the patterns that happen in, our, in nature. Maybe patterns from leaves that have fallen off trees, um, patterns that are made by clouds, Patterns that appear on the tiles on a floor. There are patterns everywhere. But if we think about the patterns in our life, we, we all have patterns in our life as well, don't we? We have, I suppose, rhythms or patterns of behaviour, patterns that we, we do as we go through our everyday life. It might be clean, uh, patterns in cleaning the house, patterns in how we eat our food. Who eats food separately? Does anyone leave the sort of meat to last? 
Yeah, very good. Yep, some of us have little bits together. It was, uh, it was interesting. We were at the mill table last night, and Kat sort of said, um, Kat's living with us at the moment, she said that she eats uh, a little bit, but always leaves the la- a mouthful of the last bit until very last. So, so we all have different patterns in the way we do things. Some follow good patterns of sleep. Others may not find patterns of sleep. So our patterns, though, are quite rhythmical, aren't they? They've got a rhythm to a pattern. Um, they, they sort of act to a time, time pace. Most of us are pretty good at breathing, I think. We're, would we say that? Most of us are pretty good at breathing. We breathe in and out. We have a pattern to our breathing, don't we? Um, if you don't, we might uh, want to get you to a doctor. I remember, I remember doing cross-country. I was never a great runner, but I remember doing cross-country in primary school, and I remember the teacher telling us, it's going to be a hard run. It's going to be tough, this cross-country run. I thought, I play football, and every, every week I go to, after, uh, after especially a bad game of football, the, the, the coach would make us do laps around. So I know running. It's okay. I can do running. And he said, no, no, this is going to be tough. So you've got to have a pattern of your breathing. And, he, and I remember it, this is like grade three or four, and I remember he said, as you, as you run, you take three steps and you breathe in. Sort of hard to do while I'm talking. And then you, the next three steps, you breathe out. So it's... And you run. I don't know if anyone else has done that before, but I found that really helpful. But what I found myself doing was I started, started doing that to music. So I was like... And so I could run faster if I had a faster song in my mind and run slower if I had a slower song. It's just, just patterns that ha- help me to... Think about how things happen and rhythms that help me to uh, understand uh, life, I suppose. I wonder what rhythms or patterns you have established already in your life. Mine for a morning, my morning pattern generally is wake up, yell at the kids to get ready for school, try and get them ready for school and out the door before they're going to be too late, grab a coffee somewhere to relieve that tension and then get to work. It's not too bad. Our boys are really good at that, actually. Um, But we have this rhythm that happens daily that we have to do so that we get things done. I wonder if you turn to the people just around you, just next to you, and just share maybe a rhythm that you're thinking of at the moment. We've all got rhythms and patterns. A rhythm that you might be thinking of might be something to do with uh, a pattern of activity that you do or something you might really miss if you're not able to do it during the week. It might be something like going to the gym or having a coffee on your way to work or catching up with a friend. What, what are some of the patterns you have? Just, just share that with, with the people next to you. Well, uh, it seems like we have got a few pla- patterns in, in life going through. It's good to hear people discussing it. Uh, we, we're going we're to park our, our idea or our thoughts about these rhythms onto, onto the side for a minute because we're going to get into this, this series uh, called Bless. And, and we'll, we'll see a video in a, in a very short mo- uh, minute about what that really is about. Um, but just keep in the back of your mind these patterns that we've been talking about. You know, from the very beginning, God... A strategy in, in the world was to have God's people bless the world. And we hear it through the reading that we heard. Um, God said to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed for you, through you. Now, as we explore that, and this morning we're going to explore 
an overview of this idea of bless, um, which is a, a, a way of, I suppose, um, being people of faith that engage in a rhythm of life, a missional rhythm of life. So we're going we're gonna to watch a, a quick video overview of what, what bless is about, and then I'll continue on thinking about uh, Abraham a little bit. Bless is a creative but simple set of five practices for joining in with what God is doing around us. It's about being good news and sharing good news in our neighbourhoods and networks. The Baptist Union of Victoria Mission Catalyst team would like to introduce you to Bless and encourage you and your church to adopt and practice it. Bless begins firstly with prayer. Bless begins firstly with prayer. When we are concerned about someone or a community, uh, we ask God to help and to bless them. This is a natural and easy place to start. As I walk around the streets of my community and as I meet people, I begin with prayer, asking for God's dream to be outworked in the lives of the people around me. Beginning with prayer also helps me to pay attention to what God is already doing and to get ready to join with him in that. We pray God's blessing for people, but also ask, God, how do you want me to be involved in what you're already doing in the community around me? Begin with prayer. I can do that. Ancient cultures always seem to be reminding us of the importance of listening. I think about here in Australia, our Indigenous culture, particularly around Daly Creek, have got a concept of dadiri. Now dadiri was the way they learned, not by asking questions. This is a concept of deep listening. You don't ask questions, but it's by watching and waiting and then acting. From deep listening comes deep wisdom. I think about Greek philosophers. There was a famous philosophy that said we have two ears and one mouth, so therefore we must listen twice as much as we speak. And James in the Bible, in his first chapter, in uh, verse 19, says, Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Imagine a world where people actually listen to each other rather than just waiting for their chance to cut in and make their point. Listening to people, I can do that. We all have to eat, so inviting friends and neighbours to have a meal with you, whether it's just coffee and cake, brunch or an evening meal, is really easy. And it's round the table where we most naturally share the ups and downs of life and where we get real with each other. Good, simple food shared with love can literally work miracles in people's lives because hospitality is part of participating in the nature of God. God is with us in a special way when we sit together around food. Jesus was always eating and drinking with people and amazing stuff happened at his table. I wonder what might happen at your table. Eating with people? I can do that. As followers of Jesus the Servant King, we know that the posture of a servant should be a natural part of how we live. But sometimes the word serve just seems harder than it actually is. Seeking to serve simply means building relationships in the places that we are. 
thinking about helping, caring and being neighbourly. For me personally, this means cooking a meal for a friend who might be busy or unwell, putting the bins out for neighbours who are away, or just driving other kids to sporting events when I'm driving mine. Seek to serve? I can do that. Everyone has a story, and as we listen to their story, we can also seek to discern how it engages and intersects with God's story, the Bible. That reminds me about provides an opportunity to retell a Bible narrative and the Bible is full of stories. Respectfully engaging with a person's story may also give me an opportunity to tell something of my story. I like how the Apostle Paul tells his story to King Agrippa in the book of Acts. He does it in three sections. Before he encountered Jesus, how he encountered Jesus, and how that encounter with Jesus has transformed his life. It's simple. Share my story, I can do that. Bless, begin with prayer, listen, eat, seek to serve, share your story. These are five simple steps for being and sharing good news. And this is something that can become a natural rhythm in your life. Many of our churches are starting small groups around this pattern in order to share and be accountable and encourage and pray for one another. Bless, you can do that. So that's, that's bless. Um, uh, at the last fellow just said it's five simple steps. I don't see it as steps. I think as a, 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 a missional rhythm that we can engage with, that we can engage with the people in our communities to actually share with them Jesus' love for them. We can bless others as we are first blessed. Um, so, so we've heard from about Abraham. Um, so Sorry, as, as we go through the next five weeks, we'll go through each of those five uh, parts of bless. Um, we'll expand on them, help us to understand how we can integrate that into who we are and our, our community of, our, of, of not just around us here, but actually the spot where you live, for your neighbours, for where you sit in your office space, for your schoolmates or uni mates, um, for those who you have a meal with at, at the evening in your, in your home, wherever it might be, um, how we can be a blessing. So it's all about trying to build some simple missional rhythms into life. So that mission isn't something, or this missional understanding isn't something that we just have to think about doing and run it into a program. Rather, it naturally flows on from our relationship with Jesus who has blessed us beyond what we can even understand. I know outreach, uh, at the end of last year, Daniel Harrison had set up an outreach meeting which uh, had some really good input into it, um, which is fantastic. We haven't really gone into much of that at the moment um, in my first three months here. But, but one of the, the toughest assignments when speaking to Daniel before that meeting was to, to go, what, what does this term outreach really mean? What does the term mean? Because um, if, if we just say we're, we're look, we want to look at outreach or, or mission or evangelism, it all sort of moulds into the one thing. One person might think that outreach might be reaching out to the poor and the vulnerable, whereas another might think of outreach as, as mission, going out and sharing the, the gospel. It might be evangelism, setting up a, a stand to share about Jesus through the spoken word. Now, none of them are wrong in, in their very sense. And there might be other ideas of outreach out there. However, if we're honest, we've got to encompass the whole thing as the people of God, don't we? 
So this idea of bless, in its very simplest form, is a way of thinking about outreach or or mission as something that each and every single one of us are called to do. We're not not there to create a program. We're not going to set up a a blessed program as such. That's not the idea. Bless is a time which starts to become a, a, a rhythm. We've been talking about those rhythms of life. Come, become part of who we are, part of the rhythms of our life. It's an opportunity to seek the leading of God in how you actively become a blessing for those who are around you, wherever you may be. I, uh, I always had pretty good reflexes. They're probably not as good as when I was younger, but I played baseball. And when I was playing baseball, um, I played in various uh, positions, but the, the, two play, the two positions I really enjoyed was, was pitcher, and I was all right, and then catcher. Now, the catcher is the one that sits down sort of behind the batter and got the umpire sort of leaning over the top. If you don't, if you don't know baseball, this might be a bit foreign, but you've got, you've got pads everywhere, and you've just got a glove, and the ball gets hurtled down by the pitcher at you at 100 miles an hour, just bang down there, and, and the batter tries to swing at it, so you're, you've got a bat going in front of you, you've got the ball coming, this little ball coming at you. It's a pretty intense sort of space, and you need to have good reflexes, because if the ball gets slightly hit, you've got to be ready to sort of pick it wherever it's going to go. So you've got to have decent reflexes, and I had de- decent reflexes. I was able to use the, my body and the glove to work um, pretty well. And through this blessed series, I want us to work on our spiritual reflexes, I suppose, our spiritual missional reflexes, that when the, the, the curveball is pitched to you and it doesn't come down exactly the way it's meant, you're instinctively there to, to reach out and stop it and be able to deal with some of the, the curveballs that life throws another or the curveballs that life throws you, it might be. Spiritual and missional reflexes ask us to attune the blessings that God has given us and naturally and instinctively look at being a blessing to others. To see opportunities of, to be Jesus to others as a natural, instinctive blessing. In a book called Discover Your Mission by a guy named Dave Ferguson, he talks about a study that was conducted looking at two different missional teams that went to Thailand for two different reasons. Both were good. So both were good reasons. One team they, they sort of called the converters, and the, um, they went with the sole intention of preaching the gospel, or the good news, and evangelizing to whoever they met. The other team was called the blessers, and their, their whole purpose was to go and bless people, just to be a blessing to the community. Their motto was, I will bless people. That's all it was. Sort of sounds like the, the game of footy, doesn't it? We've got the blessers and um, the, the uh, converters. And, and, and they studied these two missional teams for a couple of years, and they found two interesting observations. They discovered that the blessers had greater social impact. It's probably not, um, not a... a, a surprise there. Um, their intention of blessing people caused a greater social impact. People saw them and went, hey, they, they're going to do something good for us. That's great. But they also discovered that the team blesser uh, had about 50 times more conversions than the converters. Their, their, their basis of going in to be a blessing doesn't mean that we don't share the story of Jesus Christ. Um, it doesn't mean that Jesus isn't a part of our story. And you heard there that the last uh, S is story. We've got to be prepared to share about Jesus in the same way that we would if we went out to evangelize. It's just saying, how do we do that? Is it, it might be a little different. The study gives insight into the working of God. It's not a new thing. It's not a program. 
Rather, it stems from the verses that we read in Genesis chapter 12, um, way back to Abraham. Quite often when we think of Abraham, we quote those first few verses that we heard. The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, your father's household, and the land I'll show you. I'll make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And we might stop there. And we know that from the stories that God um, was to make Abraham the father of all nations. But if we just stop there, we miss out on the next couple of verses. We miss out on the, the missional idea of Abraham's life and God's design for this, this, this idea of, of missional approach. He goes on to say, I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You will be a blessing. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, the dictionary tells us that to bless someone, this is just the, the dictionary that you pull off your shelf or if you go up to dictionary.com, it'll tell you that to bless someone is to ask God's favour on them or to invoke happiness on them or to dedicate a situation or community to God. That's what the secular sort of dictionary says. Interesting, isn't it? Blessing someone is about making someone or a community better, but not just by doing good stuff, but under the watchful eye of our Lord. Isn't that interesting? And the scripture today tells us that the blessing that is brought to Abraham serves as a blessing for others. That others will be made better. Others will be enriched through the blessing of Abraham. He was blessed to be a blessing. One of the statements on the wall as you come through the, the front of the church is that we care for people. It's a pretty broad term. Um, as I've been pondering the, the mission of this church, care for people involves exactly this, to bless people, to be a blessing. Who are the people that we are to care for? I don't think it's just the people in our church today. I think it's all people. Jesus showed no discrimination as to who he spoke to, who he healed, or who he invited to be with him. All people ultimately need care. There's not a part of our society that is exempt from the need of care. And, and to care for people means that we need to, I suppose, flex our missional reflexes and be aware of the needs of those that are around us. It means getting to know people. Am I starting to, to hum a bit? Is that, or am I hearing it? Is, are you hearing me all right? Okay, great. My ears. It means getting to know people. It means uh, working on creative ways of which we can be a blessing to them. You see, God's heart for people is that they may have a full life. They may have life and life to the full. All people will be blessed because of the blessing of Abraham. That's what we're told. But it's not just through this one story that we get this idea of blessed to be a blessing. If we think of the story of Joseph, he's sold into slavery by his brothers. Not a great way to start out. He ends up in the household of Potiphar, the Egyptian. It's not his home. He's, he's a slave. Yet God showed favour to Joseph and gave him success in everything that he did. God blesses Joseph. And then in Genesis 39 verse 5, we hear, From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and on the field. The blessing of Joseph reached into the household of Potiphar. Joseph was blessed to be a blessing to his household. Even after he was set up by Potiphar's wife, he was thrown into jail. Those who were around him were blessed by his presence. God's favour was on Joseph in such a way that he was made, in essence, prime minister, second to the king, 
And in his time, the whole of Egypt prospered. Joseph was blessed in order to be a blessing. Jeremiah 29, the Israelites were taken into exile, not a place that they really wanted to be. Exile wasn't in the Israelites' retirement plan. Yet God blessed the exiles and said, you, you need to be there for a while. You need to set up homes. Make your gardens. And in verse 7 it says, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city, because if it prospers, you will prosper too. The blessing on the people of God, even in exile, was to be the blessing of the space that they were in as well. When we experience and know the blessing of God in our own lives, our response can only be to find creative ways to bless others as well. To have a sense of the movement of God and actively participate in God's work on earth, God's already at work on earth, can be by blessing others around us. If we think about the life of Jesus himself, his whole life was based around making life better for the other. His life, his teachings, the way he shared stories, the way he healed people, they all point to a better life, an enhanced life, a blessed life. And as the early church took hold of this and as they became Jesus' hands and feet, they realized quickly they were not there just for themselves. Rather, they were there to share the blessings of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God with the other. That's why that early movement of Christianity grew so rapidly, because they all understood that they had been blessed by God through Jesus. How could they not then respond to have others have that same blessing? It was why this small group, relatively small group of people went from running running when Jesus was captured to being willing to die for his name. Of course, they had the opportunity to physically see Jesus uh, risen from the dead. But as Christianity grew, the community of believers, which is the church, became a source of welfare and equality to a, a, a nation that just didn't have that. In a place where the rich were powerful, this new way taught us that, or taught the people there, that all have a, a shared and commonality to them. They're all equal as brothers and sisters in Christ. A slave now became the equal of his master. Indeed, the slave was still a slave in terms of what they did. But this new belief changed the fabric of their society. The early church were the ones that set up the hospitals, caring for widows and orphans. They were the ones that became the blessing to their society. Not to put them to the side, those who needed that help. And as the blessings came, the blessings kept going out. They were blessed and became a blessing. And this way grew. This new way that these people were living in grew and grew and grew until it came to a time where Constantine said, I need to be a part of that as well. We are blessed that we may be a blessing. So blessing is all about being a blessing to others through a simple, through simple practices that, as they kept saying on the video, I can do that. We can all do that. We can attune our lives towards a rhythm of mission. It's not a program that we're starting. I'm not saying we're starting next week, we're going to do a program that's going to last us five weeks. It's not a program. It's a, rhythm, a missional rhythm that we can be a part of. 
It's an, it is an acronym. It helps us to understand and remember the acronym. Um, I think it's a bit of a stretch, the acronym. Begin with prayer. It would be better if it was PLESS with P, but it doesn't quite work in the word, does it? But for the next five weeks, we'll, we'll, we'll draw out those uh, things in the acronym to help us to do that. But there are a few caveats with this. There are a few caveats with what we're going to do. As I said, it's not a five-step program to better evangelism and outreach. That's not what it's about. We don't want to make it, this is what we're going to do as a church, and by the end of it, we've ticked that box, and we've got outreach and mission and evangelism done. That's not what we're about. The second caveat is that it's not designed to be set in isolation. Each little part of the BLESS series, so over the next five weeks, isn't designed for isolation. So if you think, oh, I like eating, so, and I like eating with other people, I can do the third one. Everyone else will do the first, second, and fourth, and fifth one. I'll get the third one sorted, and I'll just eat. <laughs> it's not meant to be like that. It's not isolated. The idea is that we, we utilize the space of bless as a way to engage with our community. And thirdly, it's not to be done, uh, it's not the be all and end all of outreach ideas and ideals. This isn't sort of our outreach program, and that's it. That's not what it's about. However, it's a way that we can train our, our reflexes to be thinking missionally as we seek to be a presence in and around the community of Kilsyth, the outer east sort of area, um, where we go to school, where we go to work. Each week, I also want to issue a challenge, an issue a, ch- a challenge for each of us, something that we can do through our week that will stretch us in faith but also we'll start to, to, to work on those reflexes, those natural reflexes, those rhythms that we've been talking about. So this week, my challenge to you is that you take enough time through your day to, to stop, to physically stop, and look around you. It may be while you're having a coffee in the cafe, maybe on your lunch break, it may be getting up five or ten minutes earlier and just heading outside out the backyard and just having a look around. It might be in your schoolyard or it might be um, whatever you might be doing. But while you're taking that break, I want you to look around and take note of the blessings of God in that space for that day. Think back through your day. Where's God blessed me in that day? Because I guarantee as you seek God in that, you'll find the many, many, many blessings of God through that day. It might be that you bumped into an old friend. What a blessing. Or it might be that you've just uh, been out in the sunshine that you haven't been able to see all day. It might be that we've got the rain that's come and it's, it's, it's freshened up the gardens. It might be the blessing of having 10 minutes of silence. It might be the blessing of somewhere to be, a shelter or something like that. So as you consider the blessing that God has given you, I wonder if then you'll be able to think, how can I bless someone else around me? So think about what God's blessed you in, and then how can I be a blessing to someone around me? Now, that that might sound daunting, but I'll give you an example of what happened this week with me. Jasper needed a new basketball uniform. He just started playing basketball again, which is awesome. Um, He scored his first two points ever this week. Such a legend. Anyway, he, um, he, scored his, he had a great time. But I had to get this uniform. And so on, um, on Thursday, Thursday? Uh, Wednesday, I had to get this uniform. And we went down to the, the uniform shop. And it's in the basketball stadium. And I, as I came through, Jasper and I walked through. Well, there was all these people in the foyer. And we just bolted straight through confidently. I knew where the shop was. And I said, Jasper, come on with me. We'll go to the shop. And um, I got to the shop. And there's no one there. I'm thinking, great, because it always takes forever to get the uniform. And I get to the shop. And uh, the lady's there. And she's like, oh, 
uh, why are you here? I said, oh, I'm here to get the uniform for Jasper. It's great. There's no, no lines. I've come at the right time. And she goes, oh, no. All the people in the foyer are waiting as well. I'm like, oh, no. And she said, oh, I can, I can serve you or whatever. But I said, no, well, we'll bring them. We'll let them go first. So as they all came, and there was way too many of them, <laughs> uh, I, I got the opportunity to stop and wait and wait for about 45 minutes. And <sighs> blessed, blessed to be a blessing. <laughs> And, and so as I waited, I, sat, I stood with a, a, a man that was, um, his son was, was playing, uh, practicing on that, not that on the court at the time. And so I just had, started chatting with him, chatting about basketball. And I said, oh, what, are you waiting for a uniform? Because his son's already uni- wearing a uniform. I said, well, what are you waiting for? He said, I just need a pair of socks. I'm like, oh, just going and get a pair of socks. I'm sure they're not going to worry about a pair of socks. And he goes, no, I'll wait my turn, wait my turn. Anyway, he got to about 35 minutes uh, of waiting, and he was, the, he was sort of the one before me, um, and it could have been forever. And he goes, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to go over there, watch my son play some basketball, and I'm just going to, I'll come back tomorrow, uh, next week. So, all right, whatever, that's fine. It's, uh, you've waited all this time, you might as well wait that little bit longer. Anyway, he left, and, and literally, like, three minutes later, it would have been his go. And I sort of felt really bad, but um, I thought, oh, well, never mind. And I went in, and I, um, I was able to uh, get Jasper's uniform, and I thought, I could just grab his socks. Why can I do that? So I did. I just grabbed a pair of socks. Oh, can I have an extra pair of socks? 12 bucks. It's fine. And so I grabbed his socks, and I had a look around, and he was still at the stadium. So I ran over him and said, here's the socks. For you, don't have to come back next week. It's all good. He goes, no, no, don't do that. Why'd you do that? And just that little action of kindness, of, of blessing to him. He goes, oh, but I've got to pay you. I said, doesn't matter. It's all right. Just uh, enjoy it. And I hope your son has a great game. I didn't even find out this guy's name. I walked away going, why did I find out his name? Don't know if I'll see him again. He doesn't play on my, on my boys' team or anything like that. But just finding small opportunities to bless others. And I believe that God will utilize those situations to to seek out. Why did that guy get me a pair of socks? Why was it? As we do those sort of things, as we flex our, 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 I suppose our, our, our missional sort of muscles uh, as a natural reflex, God's going to do something in, our, in the people in and around you. God's going to make an impact in those people. Let's, to give, let's together try and journey through this next five or six weeks this mandate that we're blessed to be a blessing to others. Let me pray. Loving Lord, we thank you so much that uh, we hear in the scriptures of the blessing that you give to um, our our heroes of of faith, I suppose. But loving God, that you didn't just bless them because it was a cool thing to do, but you blessed them that they may be a blessing to others. And loving God, we know that blessing others actually brings people to question, to, to become intrigued about why would someone do that? May this week we seek the blessings uh, that you give us. May we stop, take the time to stop and be attuned to the blessings that you give us around us. And that this week may we also uh, be open to being a blessing to others, finding creative ways to make those small steps of blessing. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us so much. May we return to you what you've given. Thanks, Lord. Amen.